we actually we went and bought we went and bought some Irish whiskey uh, ah. for tomorrow, and uh, and we're watching The Departed uh, to celebrate because we are very respectful Irish love. Very people. respectful Irish Americans. <laughs> I'm not a cop. We respect the Irish. We're no fucking cops. We're no fucking cops. <laughs> we're no. We're not a cop. But you know who we are. Cop. But you know who we are. Hey there, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to Pixelit. We're not cops. Uh, <laughs> we're not cops. You almost got me with that one, Kevin. You Did almost I? got me that I time. almost got you that time. For, for those of you just, you know, well, those of you who haven't been sitting here for the last 25 minutes or so, Kevin and I, we always start these things by just, you know, turning on the microphone and, and chatting a little bit and, and, and that kind of thing. And and I actually almost got, we, we just had a nice leisurely conversation and I almost got to the point where I forgot that... <laughs> That we're recording a pixelit. Yeah, we're, we're recording. A, a, it's a pixelit. It's a pixelit. As as our friend Mario would say, uh, it's been a minute since we've recorded Di- yeah. a Diablo episode. Uh, yeah. We obviously for you fine folks at home, we released episode one last week, and you're listening to episode two right now. But in between, there was like three weeks of other shit that we were doing. All of the things happened. All we, of the we, things happened. We uh, had we had interviews going on, uh, which you guys have listened to by now. We're actually talking to authors now, and that there's something about interviewing the authors that makes you go. I don't know if I want to do another episode this week. That was just so much goodness and I'm exhausted. Yeah, the the author interviews, they're they're so fun. Uh yeah. but they they I don't know, they they hype me up too much. I, I get yeah. too I get too wound up and I can't I, I, I can't focus. I, well, I think it also spoils us because we don't have to do as much homework for those. That's true. For the author we don't interviews, have to read we, like a quarter of a book. <laughs> we toss them a question and they talk for a half an hour and we don't have to say anything. It's beautiful. It's a it's beautiful, a beautiful system. It's really wonderful. Uh, bless their heart. With, with, uh, Seth was like, I'm just sitting here talking. I'm like, that's kind of why we had you on, man. Like, I, yeah, <laughs> we want to hear you talk. We hear yeah. enough of us talking. People, people get enough of us talking you 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 talk for a little while take the pressure off you give that a shot yeah yeah so, yeah so for those for those of you listening it, only a week has passed by it's it's the usual uh uh time period that's passed but it's it's been off and on for me and kevin here so we're we're, we're going it's to be a couple weeks easing yeah. our way back into diablo let's ease our way back in diablo and let's and do. we we left off at chapter six that's right. Chapter six. And we're we're with Norik and he's on the the Hawks fire and 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 shit is is just happening. Uh, Norik yeah, is in his the, head. He's basically just yeah. thinking about the past. He is he is a wistful. Uh, we are we are recording this on the eve of St. Patrick's Day. He is he is a wistful Irishman, basically, in this scene. Just just looking back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, just, just having terrible nightmares, which I'm I'm assuming most Irish deal with on a regular basis, one yeah. for one reason or another. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, seeing seeing uh, uh, old dead friends. Yeah, uh, Sadden and Sad Sadun Sadden uh, and Faustin, uh, his buddies uh, from the past who got their necks uh, broken and ripped out, respectively, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is all interrupted by the fact that the Hawks fire is is being rained upon with a terrific, uh, old school, terrific, terrible uh, storm. Yeah. Just a classic, just a classic sea shanty from hell kind of situation. The mast comes, it's coming down. It's like being held together by, you know, the occasional one sailor who can, you know, just push at it like that's doing any goddamn difference. It isn't. Uh, it is not good. The crew, by the way, is not exactly thrilled about. They seem to know that something's wrong with Norik. So like Costco, the uh, the the captain of the ship, basically any time Norik sticks his head out, Costco's like, get back inside. Get out of here. We don't want We don't want you here. We don't want you here. Get out of no. here, you punk. And-, and, and Costco's right. He is correct that Norik is cursed, 
But in this situation, it turns out that that's probably a good thing for most of them. Yeah, yeah. So the gauntlets uh, decide to basically uh, summon um, summon some like creatures, their slug e type things that kind of like slither down the mast, the cracks of the mast, yeah. and their trails of slime fill in the cracks and harden the mast. It just all right. We've talked before about how these demons go about everything in the most roundabout, like extra point A to point X kind of a way. Yeah. They, and and this is an, this has to be my favorite example so far though. (laughs) You know, like this guy could have, you know, the author could have, uh, uh, Richard Knack could have said, all right, you still need demons to, you want demons to like fix the mask. Sure. Fine. Then maybe you get like some demon to hold on to it. Or right. an octopus tentacle to spin around it and it's healed. No, you get giant horrifying sea slugs that their mucus like slides in between the cracks and hardens and just cements. It silly putties the shit back together. Again. Yeah, it's great. It's really gross. That's gross. Uh, yeah, gross. Richard Knack has a has a way with with just picking these really weird demon formations to to solve the problem if you recall last week there was the 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 cavalcade of demons that paraded out just to cook some rabbit right <laughs> right you know uh, he 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 is in a cursed suit of armor that can summer, summon money and weapons uh from nothing but it can't just produce a sandwich it has to bring pig demons from the bowels of the earth to go and hunt for you. It doesn't even like help him hunt. It would almost no. make sense. The armor was like, because it helps him fight. Why wouldn't it just like chase down a rabbit for him or something? No, that is beneath the armor. I guess so. <laughs> this armor is this armor fancy. This is fancy armor. It's fancy um, blue blooded armor. <laughs> so, so uh, Norik basically just returns to his cabin and is like, well, that happened. Hopefully the crew yeah. doesn't try to kill me in their sleep. In Dear my sleep. diary. Dear diary. <laughs> I summoned sea slugs from the bowels of hell. Why uh, won't Jenny go out with me? Hail Satan. Hail Norik. Satan. Norik. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, meanwhile. Meanwhile. <laughs> um, Kara is stuck in a tree. She is stuck in a tree. Uh, bless her heart. Bless uh, her heart. And, she's, and she's inside of a tree. She's the wrong class for this. She's not a druid to remind you. She's a necromancer. <laughs> she's a necromancer. Necromancers can't druid. do shit with trees. Yeah, if she had rolled a necrom, uh, if she well, if she rolled a, d- a druid, she'd be fine. This wouldn't be an issue. Uh, but she's basically been unconscious for like what is it? Is it two days? It's uh, two days she, that she's yeah. been gone, um, and, and is just kind of waiting to die in the hollow of this tree. Yeah, uh, and then well, and then she wakes up, and she um, she basically explodes the tree yeah she magics her way out she magics uh, her way out there's no yeah. not much description other than her eyes glow and the tree explodes sometimes they're very specific on the magic and sometimes, sometimes it's just boom magic come on come like, on i gave you fucking uh sea slugs <laughs> in the previous chapter you don't need any more other than yeah, the rubber magic- cement snails were enough for anybody magic lady need- magics magic lady magics <laughs> Press X to magic. Press X to... Uh, she pressed F to pay respects to that tree. <laughs> yeah, that, that tree is gone. That tree is gone. Um, so yeah, Captain Jaren finds her, uh, lets her know, yeah, she's been trapped for like two days, and uh, she she wants to know why is this guy so attached to her? Like, she doesn't yeah. sense any ulterior motive from him, but she's genuinely curious, why is this guy so nice to her? And why do you think it is? Uh, You're right. It's a daughter. (laughs) (laughs) You remind me of my daughter. You remind me of my own lass. That's Um, exactly it. That's uh, literally word for word. Word for word. uh, Voice for voice. Voice for voice. Um, He, yeah. uh, She reminds him of of his daughter, who uh, a while back, um, he had just this moved. Fun story. He had just moved to town with his daughter, um, and you know life is good. 
mm-hmm. just him and his daughter. Things are great. And then his daughter goes missing. Womp womp. Oh, sure. He, he in a search party goes out, can't find her. Days pass. And then he hears his daughter calling out in his sleep, and th- which is never a thing. That's that, just, yeah. Yeah. That almost never So he out. follows the voice, wakes up, follows the voice. And, oh, wouldn't you know it? His daughter is a vampire. Um, and he he kills his own daughter with his sword because his captain's sword is um, not only is it a weapon it's ceremonial so it's it's clad in silver so it's able to just slice right through uh, his daughter and and end her uh, demonic afterlife so to speak and uh, he's a big old sad captain about that yeah because he had to kill his daughter, and you know that's not something you generally just limp away from. That's that's uh, that's def- that's generally uh, something that just kind of like that stays with you. You know, it it, it sticks in your craw. If sticks you will. in craw. <laughs> you kill killing. You know, and no one forgets killing their first daughter. No, uh, no one forgets just, that. No, and you, 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 he, it's, it's, it is craw and he, that's not a craw that you can put into a, into a boil. Uh, no. this is not craw dads. No, not a dad, not a craw mom, not a craw mom. This is a craw. Not daughter. even, not even a craw uncle. <laughs> we, we might, we might be a little rusty. <laughs> it's the craw, 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 craw. Anyway, stepdad. Uh, <laughs> Um, anyway, they move on. Uh, they, they, move they, on. they basically talk about, she's like, well, we got to get to, uh, the place. Uh, we got to get to Luke Golane. Um, and, uh, because they figure out that there was only one ship that departed in between her abduction and her, uh, exploding and exiting a tree. Uh, and that was the Hawks fire. Uh, yes. And then he's like, he does that that knowing nod thing where he's like, "Oh, I might know a captain, Yar." Oh yes, it's like I might know one. I might know one. He might do me a favor or two. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, you sure the captain will be fine?" I last, I think she'll be fine. I have a feeling he's gonna be very supportive. And at this I, point, she's like, Yar. Are we? You're a captain. We get it. We get it. It's your boat, right? We're talking about. I think that this boat might be very close by. All right. So it's it's right around there. I think that you'll find. (laughs) I I know this boat very well. And she's like, God damn it. And then and then the chapter ends. The, the the chapter the before the, like it it's like the chapter ends with and he continues in this manner and <laughs> fade to black fade to black yeah uh next chapter we fade up on captain jaron saying <laughs> you're i think the boat is it no in chapter seven, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Kara's slapping him just stop it stop it um we get uh we get uh, Galeona, yeah, um, who is breasting boobily? Um, over there. <laughs> she sure is. She sure, is. sure is. If there's anyone in this book who is? <laughs> that's Galeona. <laughs> um, she's talking. Uh, she's talking to the general, and he's and she's basically like, "Hey, uh, I can do some some magic and try to figure out where this this stuff is." And the general's like, well, what do you need? And she's like, sacrifice. Uh, who's your worst dude? <laughs> yeah. Who's who's your worst dude? And general, general's like, oh, I know. I I got a guy. <laughs> kind of hilarious, too, because like he's so down, like immediately. She's like, she's like, you know, who's your who's your shittiest uh, whatever? And he's like, oh, yeah. Like there's it's great to know that even among the officers of your army, there's always at least one. That they're like, oh, I would totally kill this guy. I would yeah. totally have him sacrificed to a demon. So Captain uh. Tolos draws the <laughs> the short stick. 
He sure does. <laughs> he sure does. Um, Shouldn't have made a pass at the boss's daughter at the Christmas party, Tolos. What were yeah, you thinking? damn it, Tolos. Anyway, they, yeah, they bring Tolos in and they sacrifice the shit out of him. They sacrifice the ever-loving shit out of him. Like, she comes on to him asking, like, oh, yes, Tolos, blah, blah, blah. And then she, like, um, Zazax basically uh, uh, kills him. Um, he goes into his true form. His true mantis form, form, which is a mantis form. And skewers him. Skewers him like delicious Like crawdads. a fish. Like a fish, he says. <laughs> oh, oh, craw- just- or a crawdad. Or a craw- or a crawdad. Or a craw mom. Mom. Or a craw uh, step uncle. <laughs> yeah. One of those. Still not working. Uh, <laughs> so they start. Nah, we'll try it again. In another we'll try it again. Minutes. It'll be fine. It's going to be fine. fine. It'll be fine. Uh, We're going to have yeah, something they- funny to say about craw. Eventually. Eventually. Uh, so they end up prepping the body uh, for a ritual. They're drawing patterns on it in blood. And it's I mean, it's it brings us back to the thing that I really do love the most about Diablo as a universe in general. It is so satanic panic level. Oh, uh, God. Yeah. Uh, evil demons and all that. It's not they don't they don't go any they don't need to. They don't go any further in their, their mythology than good old fashioned Judeo Christian demons. Yep. And and like this is the stuff they do with these demons is everything that the preachers were telling you was going to happen if you played D&D in the This 80s. is the shit that Michelle remembered. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, I love that reference point. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah, so they they do this ritual with his this this dead officer and it summons a deformed demon to them, which uh <laughs> this which, is just they, a sleepy boy. He is. He's just he, he's clearly just woken up. It's good to know that Neiman, demons also nap. Yeah, uh, because he's just like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, okay. So it's a it's a dreamer, which is mm-hmm. uh, even the demons are a little bit afraid of the dreamers because the dreamers are uh, way more powerful than the demons, except for the fact that they're always asleep, like little yeah. sleepy boys. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about them unless you wake them up. And, right. Um, <laughs> So they summon a dreamer and we're like, ha he's you're ours. And uh, also we brought you a snack and it's the dead right. body. <laughs> like, oh, OK, cool. Because um, when you're when you're woken up, you know, abruptly, the least you can do is offer people a sandwich. A, a, just a little munchy munch. Just a little something. Yeah. Just a little something. Um, so, yeah, they 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 got uh, Galeona is now seeing the vessel. She is seeing Norik, um, and uh, she starts talking, getting Norik to speak in his sleep. And uh, before he, um, he like finishes saying Luke Golane, she gets pulled out of, of the dream. Yeah, because, you know, she's asking him questions. What's your name? What's the name of the ship? Where are you go? He's starting to tell her the location. And then, then Zazax fucks Zazax it all up. fucks it up. He just like, she, he like, it's it. They literally describe it as just his presence, kind of like the shadow of him washing over uh, the unconscious form of Norik. And 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 Norik wakes up and basically pulls a what the fuck? Like, like you ever woke up and you were holding your breath in your sleep? <laughs> you just got yeah. yeah that's that's exactly what just happened in orc that's uh, yeah and she and he he was talking and zazak's like yeah, yeah i was gonna stab him a little bit you know because yeah, i thought i could help i thought this was a team project i thought this was and, a team. and, and galeona's pissed like she, she is furious oh he, man they're, they're out of the dream sequence and wouldn't you know it the dreamer has taken the body for a little snack and it mentioned Zazax mentions this this Captain Tolos will suffer a terrible after death. And like, I don't know what he's going to do to him, but he's going to do it to him forever. And it's probably not right. going to be. It's probably not good. All because whatever it is, he's going to. Yeah, it's it, it's it's kind of unfair, really. You know, you're like Tolos is like, hey, I just kind of sucked as an officer. Does that I didn't do any hell worthy shit did i no, I'm like it doesn't matter it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter you're going to hell we need you to go, no, to, hell. Going to hell um so uh <laughs> it's it's really it's 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 pretty fucked up it rules, is fucked up actually. because it's like it's like they didn't get what they wanted and this 
this guy yeah is in hell forever just with the dreamer yeah it's not it's he's like i didn't ask oh god damn it like it's so unfair (laughs) um galeona puts together the puzzle that loot could only mean luke galane after a few moments of being uh worried that she couldn't figure out that really hard puzzle yeah, the, Sherlock Holmes was not required to fit, to put these pieces together. Let's just say. Let's just say that it's it's the town with, that begins with loot is with the loot. place that they're yeah. going. <laughs> You're gonna remember. It's like saying it's like you know in a final moment someone says Istan and cuts off, and you're like, oh, could it be Istanburg? Gosh, possibly, possibly Istanville. Yeah, well, I know it's oh, not no. Constantinople. <laughs> It's nobody's business but the Turks. That's what it comes down to. Really. So, so this is this is, but this is good news that it's Luke Golane in particular because uh, she knows that the general wants both the armor and that city. Like it's pretty clear that he, he wants. This both. is a good twofer right here. Yes, yes. Uh, but but she knows, and it's even better for her because she knows. That it's not likely that he's going to survive an attack on Luke Golane. No. It is like the city. It is, it is, it is a giant, well-protected metropolis. And uh, so she's like, okay, cool. We're gonna get the armor location. We'll basically get an escort inside the city. And this guy, I don't have to fuck this guy anymore. Yeah. Win, win, win. Win, win, win. It's it's how all many, wins. How many uh, ladies can can we not relate? <laughs> <laughs> Are are you with me, ladies? Are you with? Are you with them? Come on, uh, please say you're with me. Um, uh, they, so. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, uh, here we go. There it is. Feminist of the year. Oh, it's coming back at for a sec. Oh, it's even louder now. I was about to leave, now. and then I and then I decided to come back. <laughs> I've ally of the year, Phil Keeling. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so Galeona is, leaves Zazax alone, which always seems like a bad idea, really. Uh, yeah, because that gives him time to think, and uh, so he starts thinking of uh, the advantage to getting rid of Galeona. Like mm. basically like we know where the armor is. So what if the armor doesn't make it to the city? Yeah. So he's got a, he's got a plan in mind. He has a plan. Yes. Don't like that. Anyway, Nork wakes <laughs> up and he's like, Oh, what the heck was that? Um, that, yeah. that, that was a, that was a hot lady in a, in a shadow. There's a hot lady in a shadow. It's usually just the shadow that fucks up with my dreams lately. <laughs> so he exits and he's he's like, you know, stretching himself out as much as he can. He gets out on the deck and whoops, wouldn't you know it? The crew has abandoned ship. Yeah, the crew is gone. I love this detail. <laughs> they saw they took one look at the silly putty sea slugs and, and they were went, like, absolutely nah, not. Not doing it. And and under no circumstances. And uh yeah, cat poor Casco is just like has yeah. to man the ship by himself. Now. By himself. I know what you guys are thinking. Not everyone is a sailor or anything like that, but I'm sure a lot of you are thinking, uh, can you sail an entire ship? All by yourself without a crew? No, you can't. The answer you is really can't. Is absolutely not. You cannot absolutely do that. Absolutely not. Um, so they're basically just kind of like they, 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 there's nothing to it. They're, they're, there's nothing for them at this point. Uh, you know, it's fully empty. Everyone's left, and uh, so just so Casco like refers to him as the Demon Man, which I wonder how he got that nickname. Yeah, it's clever, Casco. The, yeah, the uh, the sailors basically made it clear that they would rather die at sea than deal with your satanic ass. And yeah. now I've got to somehow get this ship to somewhere where I'm not dead. Like, yeah. that's the whole plan. Somewhere else. Even though Casco is is like 
a, a, a stiff breeze away from being a skeleton himself. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> he's not. Casco's never doing well. Like Casco is never always doing on the well. of doing badly. Um, and uh, then and then um, so they're basically debating the merits of whether you can sail a ship by yourself when right. uh, a giant monstrosity from the deep attacks the ship. Yes. Yes. And I know what you guys are thinking. You guys are thinking, wait, wasn't Zazax just hoping that something would maybe happen? This armor to the bottom of the sea. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, he did. I wonder if these two things are related. Uh, it couldn't possibly be. No, uh, not sometimes, at all. Kevin, in life, sometimes things just happen. Sometimes things just happen. Um, yeah. Norik had never seen or heard uh, tales of any creature akin to this ungodly abomination. Uh, <laughs> basically, um, the way it's kind of described is like it's just got a shit ton of tentacles and a red sphere in the center. Um, and I just think of like a biblically accurate angel. Like, yes. <laughs> The only thing is missing is just like eyeballs everywhere. There's eyeballs everywhere, and it's saying, "Be not afraid." Right? <laughs> Why doesn't anyone ever listen to my advice about not being afraid? So Am I not? Do I have not enough warm do warmth it, in my voice? Do I have something in my teeth? Right. <laughs> oh wait. I have, maybe it's the teeth, actually. It might be the it. teeth. My teeth of eyeballs. I have eyeballs <laughs> on my teeth. I don't, I feel like eyeballs shouldn't be sharp. That feels wrong. <laughs> sharp eyeball. Sharp teeth. eyeballs. Something to, to, to ponder as you go to sleep tonight. <laughs> yeah, enjoy that one. Enjoy that take, one. Take that one to bed with you. Um. So basically they, they have to fight it. They have to fight the thing. Um, and, uh, Norik basically starts ca casting lightning bolts at it. Um, yeah. well, without meaning to, of course, because nothing is in his control. Nothing anymore. is the armor basically starts doing some stuff, um, because exactly. the armor doesn't want to end up at the bottom of the sea because then oh. it, it loses all of its agency because Norik dies and yeah. the it, literal plot armor will be gone from the, the literal story. plot armor will the armor will lose its plot armor and the, the armor right. yeah exactly and we cannot <laughs> we can that cannot have that um but we get left off on a cliffhanger as norik basically uh he he gets dropped by the beast and is heading uh straight down into the deck of the ship um does he bring it down first like does it does it uh, yes does he, it's it's yeah. dead um the horrific behemoth shattered um uh yeah he struck it it struck it in the eye with lightning right there we go so yeah. that's that's a thing um so yeah he's falling 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 chapter eight <laughs> chapter eight <laughs> eight hope you liked that one on to the next one and then uh we get our we get our our good friend captain Jeronin starting this He's like, looks like a lifeboat off in the distance. Uh, At this point, this is the first thing he said that isn't related to casually hinting that at, he is the uh, captain of the ship. He's a captain of a ship and that they are currently <laughs> out now. On they're at, they're out they're at the sea, and he he he's like, there's a lifeboat over there. Yeah. By the way, I know the ship's owner. <laughs> <laughs> wink, 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 and then that's the end of that chapter. That's and it. chapter nine is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, so they, yeah, they, they find a lifeboat. They find a lifeboat. They pull up the lifeboat and uh, there is uh, there is a dead body. And he is it is a desiccated husk of a dead body uh, yeah. that they pull up from the lifeboat. Um, and they they think it's from the Hawks fire, but it's like it we're we're only like two days behind the Hawks fire or we're not that far from the Hawks fire. It, like right. this person could not have dried out and decayed this much in a couple of days. So Kara being a necromancer. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. Necromancers, you know, dead bodies, they are a hammer and dead bodies are just nails. You know, <laughs> you know what I right. mean? They I mean just, pretty like, much. <laughs> they're like, well, got to resurrect him. 
gotta do what we gotta do, I suppose. Um, yeah. Captain Jeronin's like, yeah, I'll stick around and watch this. And and every time she does something, <laughs> seems he, interesting. <laughs> he's like, it seems interesting. But then every time she does something, uh, he's like, oh, whoa, whoa, what are you doing there, Les? And he, she's like, shut the fuck up, old man. <laughs> yeah, she. He really does kind of like he's he's. It, they make it abundantly clear by now that he is that he's good people. Yeah. Like he's he's you know it's it's she's lucky to have found him. He's a nice guy. But he does. She's a necromancer. Like this is literally her job, and he kind of questions her a lot here. Yeah, <laughs> he is. He is necromancing. Necromancing. There it is. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you found that. It was right there. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, oh, <laughs> just num, 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 num. love it. Captain Jerome necromansplains. Necromansplains. Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, what they get out of the corpse was that first the demon attacked the lifeboat. Um, the 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 tentacle demon attacked the lifeboat um, and sucked like sucked the the life out of this dude to figure out where the actual hawk's fire is. Which is weird because you'd think that the Hawks Fire would be easier to find first as a bigger boat than a than a lifeboat rowing across the ocean. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you'd think it would be a little. Yeah, but apparently not. Apparently not. Um, so they get confirmation that the armor, uh, Bartok's yeah, armor, armor, the red armor, is on the boat. Um, and uh, Kara basically, um gets into the last living moments of this guy. She basically does the uh, Oberdin. So basically Memento Mori. Yes. <laughs> she does the Memento Mori and then she's trying to Oberdin this scene. <laughs> yeah. With, with, you know, and, 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 and she Oberdins this with, with about a quarter as much equal parts frustration and awe as the time I played through Oberdin. <laughs> I swear to God, I don't know if you guys have played uh, Oberdin, uh, but I've never played a game that I absolutely adored and was fascinated by and hated in such <laughs> equal passion. And it was not, and I wasn't even hating Oberdin, if I'm being honest. I hated myself. Uh, <laughs> it was so much tougher than it should have been. Uh, it was by design. It was meant. It's it's a it's just a hard fucking game. It is a uh, hard game, and Kara plays it really quickly in this scene. She plays it real quick. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And she she figures out uh uh what happens to the to the to the crew and and all that stuff. Um. And the guy's name that she is you Oberdinning is Kalkos. Um. And once they get their their answer. Uh, she hands the body over to Jeronin to give him a proper burial at sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause this guy earned it. Um, yeah. Oh, to say the very least, <laughs> to say yeah. the very least he's seen some shit killed by a demon, then resurrected briefly by a necromancer. Give that guy a yeah. nice burial. <laughs> yeah. They, they, to, to be, to say the very least he's, he's earned it. Yeah. Um, the next section, we're back with Galeona, and she shouts Zazax as if uh, she is Skeletor shouting for one of her henchmen. It's like it's like the scene in Braveheart where Robert the Bruce realizes his father has like betrayed him, and he opens up the tower and just screams "Father!" up the up the. Uh, it's that that just my reference. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> That one, that one was for me. Sometimes you just do it for yourself. Sometimes you do it uh, for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it! I love that movie. Uh, uh, yeah. So she's she's she is a. Uh, it is not a good thing uh, to not know where Zazax is. Basically, no, you do not want to know uh, where Zazax is at any given time. Um, uh, it's problematic to for Zazax yeah. to be missing. If he's if he's missing, something's wrong. Something bad has almost certainly happened. So it's uh, it, it's not so great. So she opens a chest. It uh, is. And it, it is basically a chest of holding. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, 
I didn't get a clear. Does it? Did do they hide from us? Like basically, what's inside? Or did I just miss something? I feel like I missed something. I there. think it's just she packs everything into this chest. And, and okay, okay. It's just she's doing that, and Zazax finally slinks back into the tent, and, oh, yeah. uh, and he's, he's suspiciously quiet. Yeah, he is suspiciously quiet, and she's like, "What the? What? What, what has gotten into you, buddy?" Um, right. And and uh, she 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 might as well say that word for word. What has gotten into you, buddy? Hey, buddy. What are you? What's in your mouth? What's in your mouth? Hey, buddy. What you, what you doing? <laughs> Get uh, out, out. Let go. Let go. Let go. <laughs> so Zazax is in a bad mood, clearly, because his uh, what Galeona doesn't know is that his little tentacle monster ploy did not work. And no, he, he is, is not thrilled. He is. He is pissed off. Um, (laughs) and he, and she, she gets really in his face about like, where were you? What was going on? And he kind of threatens her with his claws. Like he, he doesn't, he doesn't do anything, but he really, you know, brings these claws to bear and kind of scares the shit out of her. Yeah. Uh, She's like, what the hell is up with this guy? Yeah. Cause he's never done that. Cause they basically, we get a little look into their lives. They have this pact essentially. And right. Uh, they they can't they they can't hurt each other essentially not directly during that pact. Uh, but it's clear that both of them want out. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. Uh, they're both clearly thinking they of need a divorce. The other. They need a a sorceress demon divorce. They need a point. they need a, a, a yeah a demon counselor of some kind. Yeah. To get them through this. I agree. And uh, yeah, and and we're left with Galeona wondering, uh, you know. She's never seen him like yeah, this. What's before. gotten so into Zazax? He's normally yeah. so like lighthearted and cheery. Yeah, and friendly. And, and friendly. And just 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 a, a peach of a man. <laughs> uh so she's she's really concerned. Like as if, if Zazax is is freaked out by something, then they might really have uh, a problem ahead of them. Yes. Um uh in chapter nine, we're now in chapter nine, and uh Norik wakes up from falling uh to the deck. And um, basically, uh, Casco is like, uh, well, you know, we're stuck kind of. Uh, the ship is damaged, but the ship is always damaged. It can still sail, uh, right. but can't do much with just the two of us. And then uh, the plot armor plot armors the ship. Yes. Yes. Uh, the, the, it's it's kind of I, I actually really love this because it really is the moment where you kind of expect Nork to like throw his hat down and go, come on. Uh, because yeah, Nork's not dead. He wakes in, his, in the cabin. The captain's still alive. They're like, well, what can we possibly do? The only thing at this point without a, you know, without someone to steer and the other people to take care of the sails, we're just going to go in circles until we dehydrate or whatever. Uh, and so they go out, they check the helm of the ship and the wheel is turning itself mm-hmm. like an invisible sailor. And yeah, the, the plot armor is also uh, also put a few points in sailing. It put a it couple out. points in sailing. Um, it didn't think it would it would need it. That's why no. that's why it hired the crew. But it's really glad that it did. Uh, yeah. on that you gotta be, sheet. you know, it's good to be safe. It's good to be safe. It's good to, it's good to, you know, min maxing only gets you so far. You have to have some, right. some random skills in there too. Uh, for situations, if only just like for this. flavor, if only for flavor, you know, yeah. if you min max, let me tell you, min maxers are lame. Like, oh, so lame. It just like get, have, have some random skills in there. You know, just oh, just like put put a, a right down on your character sheet that your your character has a thing and has some points in baking, you know? Well, yeah, exactly. It's just shit like what's, that. What's a more fun character? I ask you, look, we all love your dwarven fist fighting pugilist, you know, you know, straight up fighter boxing legend. We all think he's the coolest. But what's more interesting, that guy or that guy who also moonlights as a florist huh the answer is the latter always go with florist florist baker dancer just throw some of these skills in there you're gonna have yourself a good time way more fun way more fun um and and (laughs) one more thing min maxing only goes as far as your dm will allow it 
Uh, exactly. Because <laughs> if, if you min-max in one of my games, I swear to God, you're going to be relying on those mins more than those maxes. I'll tell you what, man. We I think we're lucky. I think about that every now and then. I think we're lucky in the sense that we don't really we don't really have those kinds of friends. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we don't uh, run with that kind of a crowd. So, you know, go, you know, listen. All I'm saying is slap your local munchkin gamer. Right. Uh, uh, slap them and tell them, tell them Phil sent you. Phil. Uh, anyway. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't explain any further. Um, <laughs> so basically, Norik is is talking to shadows. He thinks he sees uh, he thinks he sees Faustin and uh, Sadoon. Um, yep. And they're there, maybe. Probably. They're, they're, they, they're they, Yeah, they, they're looking at them and we get the appropriately dramatic lightning. Yeah. Uh, and, and they disappear. They disappear. And Casco's like, who, who are you talking to? What's going right. on back there? Shut up. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually, a, yeah, it's, he's not joking, ladies and gentlemen. Like, it really does go down like that. Like, he starts calling out for them. He's like, Faust and Sato. And like, he's, he's calling has, out for them. Kaskin has it, no patience left. He's guy. just like, I am done with you. Shut up. Like, he's. It's when we first meet Casco, he's this scummy pirate, you know, smuggler piece of shit, dude. But by now, it's just like, oh, no, I'm on his side. One hundred percent. There's no getting around it. He doesn't deserve this. (laughs) (laughs) He's having a very he's having a very bad week. Uh, (laughs) So so Nora asks him, you know. He doesn't want to go as near near his cabin now at this point. He's kind of freaked out. And so he says, uh, is, is there downstairs? That's like, that's where the sailors were sleeping at one point, right? And Casco's like, yeah. He says, all right, I think I'm going to sleep down there instead. So he just <laughs> abandons his cabin because it's haunted, apparently. And uh, and yeah, and heads down to the cruise bunks. And and uh, and and in the final moments there, as he as he heads down, he starts to wonder because in the moment that he saw um, the the figures, the visions of his dead friends, right. he had kind of, he had almost convinced himself that uh, that this was just uh, his imagination. But then he remembers that he, the gauntlets on his armor glowed when they appeared. So he's basically got a uh, a bit of a hint here. That this might not be all in his head. Yep. Yep. Um, we get a scene change and uh, Galeona and uh, and big bad evil man, General Augustus Malevolent. Malevolent. I can't get enough I'm of that I'm never going to get over that name. It, it just. That is a perfect name for a for a for a book with the subtitle Legacy of Blood. Yeah, uh, I'll yeah, say that general evil McBad dude, like evil it just, McBad dude. <laughs> it's like that. Just, just, just cut straight to the chase. God damn it! It's about was, as 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 obvious as it gets. He was he was born vile McFartface, but he changed right. his name to evil McBad dude. Yeah, he, well, you want you know you sometimes sometimes. You want something with a little more subtlety. What was that joke from uh, from uh, from uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights? Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> your, your name's Latrine. Yeah, used to be Shithouse. <laughs> it's a good change. Good change. <laughs> I was just thinking of that movie today. Oh my god. God bless oh. you, Mel Brooks. You saved us all. Gosh. Um, so. General General Shithouse McNasty, uh, <laughs> he's leading the army uh, towards Luke Gillane, presumably, while wearing Bartuk's helmet. Yep. Which I'm sure there are going to be no side effects are, of that whatsoever. There are no side effects of wearing Bartuk's helmet. Bartuk's helmet. No. Do not look directly at Bartuk's helmet. <laughs> Do not mock Bartuk's helmet. <laughs> it's not... Not good. Not good. Um, so so basically he starts uh, talking as if he is Bartuk and Galeon is like, eh. <laughs> yeah, this might not be so great. And he actually starts barking about uh, another city's name. And uh, he's, it, you know, they're not going to the city. He says uh, this time 
Viz June will fall. And she goes, Viz June? Her, she blurted her tone incredulous. She knew that he had never been to the fabled, uh, I don't know, Kejistani Temple City, had never yet been across the sea to that land. In addition, Augustus Malavin had been an only child, and he mentioned a brother that betrayed him, and an unwanted bastard at that. Yet, someone else Galeona knew of had not only been to fabled Bizjun, but had sought to conquer it, to destroy it, only to be thwarted in the end by his own brother, Pee-wee Hermit. No, it's Bartuk. Bartuk did it. Yep. Uh, so clearly, you know, something's, he's losing track of his own life, essentially. Right. Yeah, he is. And and meanwhile, I, I, I feel like I missed a sentence here. Why does her ring start to melt? Ah, okay. So <laughs> she starts getting, uh, uh, she starts uh, being suspicious, obviously, of the helmet that he's wearing. She's like, well, the only thing that's really different from normal, he, he's always been a freak. Uh, but the only thing that's different from normal, the normal freaky, uh, 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 you know, atrocious Mick humongous that I know and love is he's wearing the helmet. So she uses this magic ring of hers to um, basically in in the magic verse uh, sends out these ten tendrils that are meant. Basically, she's kind of casting identify yeah. on the helmet. Uh, you know, she assumes it's a cursed armor piece and she's trying to cast identify. However, the helmet has like this built in security system, essentially, that like for all intents and purposes, swats her tendrils away and locates her ring and melts it like uh, melts her, the, the, her ring. Yeah, the ring is melted down to slag and the gem that she'd been using, which is clearly the magical part of the ring, basically just goes black and burns out. So there's a security system built into uh, this cursed uh, armor piece. Uh, and so she, she's she got uh, a real sense of like, oh, fuck, uh, Bartuk might be trying to come back from the dead. Yeah, here. Bartuk is like, everybody has these designs on this armor and nobody's asking what Bartuk wants. You know? no. <laughs> no, that's where they go wrong, my friend. You gotta ask, what What about Bartuk? Galeona says, I consent. Malevolent says, I consent. Isn't there somebody you're forgetting to ask? Right. <laughs> What are you thinking? Little selfish, little, little self-involved here. And Bartuk, Bartuk's like, no one's going to forget about Bartuk. I'll melt your nicest ring and you'll never forget me. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, shit's getting real. Shit and is getting real. Yeah, it's starting to look like uh, Galeona might start be actually realizing, oh, I might not be able to be fully in control of this whole situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, meanwhile, meanwhile, um, over in chapter chap 10, over in chapter 10, uh, <laughs> yeah, all the way over there, all the way over there in the sea, the King's shield entered the storm late into its fifth day out to get cool. Um, so basically the King's shield is being, we, we need an entire audio track of you just reading the entire <laughs> book in that voice. <laughs> need a lot of water. <laughs> need a lot of water. Carrot hoped that the foul weather would break it up before they confronted it. So they ran into uh, the same storm that the Hawks fire basically uh, had to had to deal with uh, me. So and Kara is just kind of like hanging out on the deck and everybody is just like, you should not be up on the deck during a storm. And yeah. she's like, eh, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah, she's I'm, not. I'm Kara. I'm the protagonist. Nothing's going to happen I, I, to me right now. I, I'm literally the only person here that's like ha, has even a semblance of being a good guy. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm the only hero at the moment. So I think yeah, I'm fine. So you know, I think I'll be all right. I think um, I'll be a OK. <laughs> there's a really interesting part here uh, where we because, you know, there. I, I think I think the thing Richard Knack is doing really, really well in this is the expository information on the religion and right. the world around us. He doesn't give us like giant blocks of text 
related to the stuff, he drip feeds it. And um, I, I, he's doing it very effectively. And we get a little look into the general idea on what a necromancer is supposed to, how they're supposed to uh, live their lives. Right. And um, she's starting to realize that like her fear of, because she's looking out for the Leviathan that she saw right. uh, in, in her spell. You know, she's trying to keep an eye not, out for that kind of not shit. Not aware that it's been destroyed. Right. She has no idea. Uh, so she's keeping an eye out for this thing. And she surprises herself because she realizes uh, she's kind of afraid to die. Uh, at this point, she's she doesn't or she wants to live more than anything, really. And that kind of disturbs her uh, because her whole thing as a necromancer and as a servant of Rathma is that they recognize that uh, death is just just a know, part of another, life, another part of life. And so there as a and you would think uh, that not just as a necromancer, but as like a holy religious necromancer, uh, that that person would have zero fear of death right that, that it's like oh god no there's no just fear another of death. stage of life that you go through you know right there's there's nothing to be afraid of uh but she surprises herself in thinking oh i'm actually and and she i think her understanding of it is that she says you know this is this is uh this proves that i'm probably on the right track here. right you know that she's doing the right thing uh, i found that to be a really interesting bit of writing yeah yeah i i it's it's good. It's the amount of, of stuff he fits in in between moments is is uh, really yeah. neat. Um, yeah. yeah, which, you know, obviously, because here's the thing I've played. Um, I've played Diablo uh, a number of times, and uh, sure. I'm never entirely sure about the lore of it. It's just I press the button and uh, kill things. <laughs> yeah yeah you've got all the reading and the little audio logs and everything but yeah they're they're a little disjointed at times you're like i i don't i just i just need a new helmet for my character so i think i'm just gonna keep moving yeah uh yeah so yeah. uh they're they're basically they're just sailing there's the uh they're basically having some they're having some trouble with the waves. Somebody falls over. Yeah. Uh, and we do get a glimpse at the idea that the sailors are being very respectful of her. Yep. They make a point of saying that, that like one guy kind of hit on her in like, <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing the way they describe it. It's kind of like he hits on her, but it's kind of in a, in a very mild mannered sort of way. Yeah. Uh, well, aren't you just, a looker? You know, the right. <laughs> and she just kind of very, calmly you know says no thank you and and he and he backs off and that's how all the sailors they make a point of saying like okay look i think we all know what the stereotype with sailors are but these these sailors are very nice uh <laughs> so it's it's an interesting uh detail they throw in there yep so uh they they get through the the rough waters and basically mr draco is uh, just keeps like saying hey could you get could you get away from the railing please and she's like, I'll be all right. And it, he's, it, this happens like three times in this chapter. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, he's like, okay. And in the his mind, I can just manage like, I don't, this is not, this is not how the fucking sea works, lady. Not, yeah, lady, this isn't good. Nobody, Please. just get away from the railing. Right. <laughs> Begging you. Um. So, yeah, she, re she eventually uh, returns to her cabin um and let's see she uh she finds she wakes up and uh she is greeted by finally the two revenants uh faustin and satan are are here and uh they they have i don't i don't know why they changed ships but they're they're here now they're with kara and they're flashing her dagger at her right <laughs> They're, yeah, they 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 literally and they don't do much at this point. They literally just show up, leer at her, show her that they got her knife and say, it's good to see you again. And that's it. That's it. And that's that's the end of that that section of the of the chapter. They uh, Norik, meanwhile, finally, they finally arrive in Luke Galeen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's yeah, no they. they 
I love the, I, I the love old it. man. The old man who's who's sitting on the dock says, oh, the Hawks fire tricks its fate once again, as if people are right. sitting there taking bets on it. You know? Oh, I'm sure they are. They, they're basically used to the idea uh, that 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 this this thing is going to be a piece of shit coming in. It's clearly going to have barely made it by the skin of its teeth. Yep. And so when this thing shows up with no crew and just and it's like, oh, so you had to call on the snail demons to hold the mass together again. Did like I wouldn't be surprised if that part they were even like seeing it, seeing it, seeing it. No big deal. That's happened before. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah. Norik decides he's like, I'm out. Uh, thanks for everything. And he tries to be nice. Like he tries to like shake Casco's hand and, and I'll hit Casco in, 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 in no, in no, wor- no words necessary, but basically he's like, fuck off. <laughs> Casco just like, just please go away. I curse the day I met you. I curse the day you were born. I curse the day your grandfather met your grandmother Please leave me alone. I'm I'm going to drink myself to death over the course of the next three days, and I do not want you here. <laughs> so that's amazing. I think that's a wrap on. I think we can assume that's a wrap on. Casco. I think, let's assume that that's Casco's. And what a what a wrap it is. He gets he gets he gets a, a solid sixty or so pages of of action, and he's he's like, you know what? I am self selecting right out of this book. He yeah, he's like, I'm good. Thank you so much for your time. Piss off all of you. <laughs> so Nork no, uh basically wanders over to a bar that he is told of. Um, and in the intervening pages, we get a lot of like stuff about the types of buildings that Luke Gulane, that there's dungeons with with gold, um, all that, all that good stuff. Um, and uh Norik basically has control over himself. As he's walking over to this, this list, this drinking yeah. establishment. Yeah, it's he and he's kind of surprised, too, you know, because he, he's, you know, first off, this the city is is this, you know, it's it's Constantinople. We made the joke before. But, yeah, yeah. But it's like this is it's it's this highly m- metropolitan area. Merchants are coming out and he's kind of admiring it all. And yeah, and marveling at the idea of, hey. I'm just walking right now. The armor's not trying to do anything. It's not trying to lead me anywhere. So he starts thinking, I should maybe find a sorcerer or someone else who can help me get rid of this armor. Because clearly I'm I'm cursed uh, in a very big way. And so maybe maybe someone will be able to help me out here. Exactly. Um Basically, uh, they <laughs> so he orders some food. I, I, yeah. I like this scene because he orders some food and like the armor doesn't pay right away. <laughs> right. Oh, I love this scene. Oh, this scene was freaking hilarious. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's like, he orders some food. The girl brings it back and is like waiting for him to pay. And uh, he's like. He's like keeps opening his hand, hoping that the money falls out. Yeah, and she's just like, like, she's like, like hold on, go, wait, it worked like, last time. Yeah, and she's like going to go over and like get security, and then finally, like a pile of coins falls out of his palm. right. And it's fantastic, and it, and he basically realizes that the armor is reminding him who's boss. Yes, exactly. You know. <laughs> Or, or some sort of like, you know, long-winded examination on this is what you get when you rely on armor welfare. I don't know. It just, it's, it, it, yeah, it's it's a really funny moment. Uh, and it's, it's made even better by the fact that like, Knack is very good at, he's, it's very evocative description of like, clearly he hasn't had like a good meal in a long time. And the meal looks incredibly good. Like the food smells good. It looks good. It is a it's, wonderful you know, restaurant. All that good stuff. Yeah, it's it's this. He has this little brief moment of comfort. Yeah. You know, a little like literal comfort food in front of him. And the armor's like, mm. oh, yeah, how are you going to pay for it? Was oh, oh, was I? expected to pay for that for you yeah oh very convenient that's nice <laughs> so after that and i and this is hilarious because this is i don't I, maybe i'm reading too much into it but before he was talking about needing a sorcerer and then after uh the armor basically fucks with him 
he's eating his food and thinking, actually, maybe I need a priest. <laughs> starts speculating on maybe a holy man is what I need. And so he asks the waitress about like, what's what's around here? What are the sites? And she starts listing off, you know, the palace and this museum and yeah. all that shit. And then she mentions this cathedral, like a giant cathedral. And he and you can tell he's like, ah, Aha. that might be the one. Actually, that's our <laughs> that's that's go. the place to go. Right. So he um, he eats his meal. He leaves and he continues on. Um he well he doesn't he 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 gets he he a bunch of guards walk in right 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 and kind of start giving him the hairy eyeball and uh he's not feeling really great about that so he ever so casually asks the waitress do you have a back way out <laughs> <laughs> and she went yeah right over and there and he keeps and he keeps like uh, tipping her at this point he just keeps tipping her every time she does yeah. something just giving her money and i suspect that this money is illusions by the way so i feel kind of bad for her because he like he keeps giving her like the the biggest coins that he has yeah and she's clearly just really impressed and thrilled at all this money he's giving her and i can't help but think that like in an hour that money's just gonna disappear right just so, imagine her going home to her husband and being like, we're going to we can we can get a new home. We're going to get out of this shit splat town. And then like with what? Like, what? Where did it go? Yeah. Just starts freaking out. <laughs> so he gets um, he tries to get uh, basically he tries to get away and uh oh, the guards take him. Uh, yeah, they are. They are uh, pretty interested in whatever the hell he's got going on. Um <laughs> They're like, yeah. they, and and basically the armor's like, yeah, we can work. We're, we're going to allow this. You know, yeah, armor doesn't do shit. Armor's been killing people in the killing past. Killing people they, they for less. People, for way less. Absolutely. Won't let them, the, won't let them touch him. The armor killed somebody who had disengaged from the fight, ran away. Right. right. The armor then summoned a demon to go get the guy. Like. <laughs> and, and, and now. He's like being led by the arm by these guards and the arm is like, eh, this seems intriguing. Yep. I wonder, I wonder what happens next. I wonder what happens next. So basically, uh, it, he, he gets brought to a Vigeri, um, like, uh, uh, basically like Faustin, uh, a Vigeri. And, uh, basically this Vigeri had cast a spell on the guards. The guards walk away, not, not remembering it, everything. And, uh, basically, the, we get left off with uh, a, a, a threat, uh, the Vajerai threatening Norik. Uh, if you hope to live, Westerner, you too will do as I desire, exactly as I desire. And that be- that ends chapter 10. So we have a new we have a new dude in the mix. New dude in the mix. We got some serious cliffhangers going on in here, too. I feel like every chapter is ended on some sort of a cliffhanger. It's, it's been pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good shit. Pretty actually. robust in, in terms of cliffhangers. So we are now yeah. um, at the end of chapter 10. What page are we on? Uh, we're almost halfway through the book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're we're well, actually, you know what? We're pretty much solidly halfway through the book. Yeah. Um. So it's, I think we got. I got, we got a couple of episodes left here. Yeah, this book, you know, what's funny is this book is uh, it it's it's pretty overall. It's pretty long. It's got a lot of stuff going on, but it moves at a at a pretty quick pace. Yeah, uh, there's not yeah. a lot of fat in it. And when it when there is, it's all laying uh, laying the groundwork for for like just context. And I'm like, oh, this is yeah. a little bit about the history of the of the town. Um, yeah. So yeah, so you, all, get, you get a little bit of that, flavor. a little bit yeah. of that, that flavor, um, because you don't want it totally lean. You need a little fat. No. That's, that's right. my writing advice is you do, <laughs> you don't, you don't want to trim all of the fat. You need to keep some of the fat, um, for flavoring. Exactly. There it is. That's, I'm that's. <laughs> Damn it, Kevin. <laughs> you did it again. Uh, so what do you uh, what do you think so far? How do you how do you we're about halfway point? What are you thinking? I I like it. I like it so far. I think it has a lot of threads. Uh, and I think yeah. I said this last episode. 
it has a lot of threads and it kind of I feel like it opened even more threads uh, <laughs> with the yeah, next. Yeah, he's chapters. not he hasn't he hasn't closed any. Just Nothing's yet. been closed. Every it's just more have been opened. And um, right. so I'm curious as to what that's going to entail, um, like over the next, you know, the second half of the book. How are things going to be tied yeah. off in the end? Um, yeah, I, I imagine it's going to be relatively easy to do so because he has done the right thing and everybody is going to one spot. So there's no they all want the same. They thing, all want so the yeah. same MacGuffin and they are all headed to the same location. Norik is yeah, just the yeah. first one there. Um, yeah, he is. He has arrived first and everybody else is on their way. Uh, yeah. So I, f- I have a feeling that, you know, I, we're probably going to get some big, some big, bad showdowns in the second half of the book. Um, and I'm yeah, excited I, to see I, how it turns out. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I feel like we've been on the roller coaster ticking up and up it's and still up, going up. I think there's been a couple yeah. of like little dips, but we still yeah. have not hit the big, uh, the big drop yet. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Me too. Because, uh, the, it's all been laid out really pretty. It's all been laid out in a really solid way. So, uh, we're going to see how well it all ties up, uh, how well he sews it all up in the end. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. So um, that'll do it for this episode. If you can, if you can, if you have the social media wherewithal to do so. Yes. Yes. Come on over. Come on over. Come on over to our Twitter account. Hit that follow button. At PixelPod. Uh, pick a few of our tweets. Retweet them for your friends. In fact, sometimes Please. you can share tweets to like, like, uh, like message text some tweets to some of our tweets to your friends, because I'm sure people appreciate that out of context. Um, <laughs> just don't offer any explanation. No explanation. Just pick a None. few of our tweets. Send it out there. Um, send it out, baby. Uh, if you're listening to us on Apple iTunes, um, Go ahead and rate us five stars. Lead us and, and type us a little review. In the future, yeah. we'll probably be reading some of those reviews that people. I think that's for a great us. idea. Let's let's start reading them. Yeah, That'd be a fun way. To yeah, so give us a five star review. Read uh, and we'll we'll read it uh, on a future episode. That's something to look forward to, right? Uh, over on oh, Spotify, yeah. go ahead and rate us five stars as well. Uh, and just remember to subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice uh check out our website pixelitpod.com there you'll find a link to our discord uh where you can join in on conversations about episodes um and i think that's that's about it you can go you can follow our instagram pixelitpod uh we got we got stuff on there it's good stuff um good stuff and uh i think that'll wrap us up what say you phil yeah yeah all right We love you. We love you. We love you so much. Have a good night, everybody. Bye.